Hi, everybody. Welcome to a Prosody Monstrosity podcast, a Cracked Liberty production. Uh, today is August 29th, is it? 29th, 30th? 30th. It's August 30th. Uh, I am sitting here with a special guest. This one is especially uh, for Patreon, but if you're listening to this and you're not part of the Patreon, you're welcome to listen as well. Uh, the special guest, uh, I'm going to introduce her and ask her to describe where we are. So uh, I'm going to set my phone right okay. here. We're in Billings, Montana. We're at um, Pioneer Park. And it's a maybe a couple acres. Surrounded by a lot of old growth trees for downtown Billings. This is where the town first, um, like the, the kind of like historic homes are. Um, there's a lot of cicadas. If <laughs> you can hear them in the background, it's probably about 92 degrees. It's hot. Hot outside, nice in the shade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the cicadas are, you probably can barely hear them in the audio, but Jennifer and I are hearing them loudly right now. Um, lush green grass. Uh, like Jennifer said, big old growth trees. There's like a jungle gym and stuff we're near. Um, really beautiful, clear blue sky. Mm -hmm. And um, Jennifer, Jennifer and I met, uh, just to give a little backstory, through my brother, I think, on Instagram mm -hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. And maybe about a year, year and a half, two years ago, somewhere in that mm -hmm. time frame. Um, and I've been in a little holding pattern here in Montana, which has been amazing, but it's really because of Jennifer, uh, the reason to be that brought me here. Um, and I, I'm gonna ask Jennifer a few questions that I know some, uh, some about Jennifer's life and maybe there's a lot more that I, of course, don't know, but I'm gonna ask some questions and Jennifer, if you want mm -hmm. to, detour not talk about anything um the most um the thing that is most prominent in my mind uh is that you're a cancer survivor mm -hmm. um you're a wife mm -hmm. you're a mom mm -hmm. and um so those are sort of the things i'm most intrigued about is the um the second chance at at life maybe I might yeah. call it and then also um, from maybe that just some of the um, perspective that you have from that uh, from overcoming something that was ruling sure it was um, so I'm 50 about to turn 51 and I um, was diagnosed with my cancer when I was 39. So I've been, I guess, a survivor for 11, 12 years. Um, it was a big, bad, ugly cancer, and it came on really hard and fast. And something that like we had never, I guess my husband and I never even considered. I mean, it just did not seem in the realm of possibilities. I hadn't been feeling good and it started with like sinus infections and things that just kind of like wouldn't heal. I kept getting um, given like antibiotic 
cycles and I just wouldn't get better. Um, little things like if I had like a glass of wine, my body would just reject it. And that was kind of like, because alcohol sort of is a poison. So it was like one of the, they're just like weird signs along the way that like I knew my immune system, I guess, was fighting something bigger than I knew what was going on. And, um, and so I kept, you know, like my body just kept getting sick with little things. Um, so it started out as it was a lump on my breast and we thought the doctor, which is like hard actually to get into a doctor sometimes, even like when you say you're a female and you have a lump on your breast, you think they would just like open the doors and the appointments wide open for you. No. <laughs> so I had to really self-advocate. Um, to make a long story short, it took six weeks for them to diagnose it. I had to demand to get a biopsy done. And then when the diagnosis did come in, it was inflammatory breast cancer. And it was um, between stage three and four. So they labeled it 3C. Could have gone to stage four if I wasn't young. And, and if I wasn't HER2 positive, which just means that being HER2 positive, they had a drug called Herceptin that was an immunotherapy and I was eligible for that. My cancer corresponded to that. And um, so they tried to go for cure and they did. If I wouldn't have been HER2 positive, I would have been diagnosed and staged at stage four and would have been on chemotherapy and radiation for the rest of my life. But so since I was eligible for that immunotherapy drug, I got chemotherapy, radiation, surgery, and the immunotherapy drug. It was about two years of all of treatment and they treated it so well that um, I had um, no signs of cancer at my, when they did the pathology of my surgery. Um, it's called a um, complete pathological response. And I haven't had any kind of flare-ups at all. And, um, but I did end up getting um, peripheral neuropathy. It's um, CIPN, chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy, which is just nerve damage that's in my peripheral nerves, my hands and feet, feet are very bad. And so I've had a hard time like walking and doing just normal daily living stuff for the last 10 years. You know, I guess I always feel like I was like in the movie, Batman Joker, he, the, he gets put into like a vat of chemicals and he comes out and he's like totally changed. I felt like that's kind of what happened to me. Oh, wow. So, like, just basically chemical poisoning, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, wow. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, with the... Um, can you talk a little bit about maybe how... What's your experience now residually um, more in sort of your emotional or spirit body? You know, just the, with the memory of what you went through combined with the um, current challenges of how your feet and hands feel and just just sort of like where your spirit is at, where your fear and anxiety is from that journey that you're on. 
feel like I'm kind of in a weird no man's land territory. Um, everybody that I've known since the time that I was diagnosed till now and like, like other cancer um, survivors, I'm the last one alive <laughs> out of all of them. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird feeling. Um, you know, that I have to kind of, like, just put to the side sometimes. Um, you never, I guess, there's always that fear that it could come back. But it does come with a set of symptoms. And so I'm kind of, like, mindful of just where my body is, how I'm doing. And, and so if I do, you know, feel certain things, then I know that I can go get checked. But, um... Yeah, it's hard to explain. I kind of feel like I'm kind of um, in no man's land in a sense. There's mm. not really, I don't have any friends that have gone through the other, the same thing. You know, it's like when I do make a cancer survivor friend, it kind of sucks because the ones that I've made, they've died. <laughs> they've had reoccurrences and died, you know, and it's just like, oh, great, you know, so... Like the cancer survivor community is it's actually kind of a bummer to be involved in. I don't know why it's hard to explain that, you know? I can't find quite, like, the community in there, you know, without, like, sort of being, um, maybe I'm not the best, m the most, like, supportive support person in the support group. <laughs> You know, kind of. I don't know. Um, I guess that's where I'm. I'm so I'm, I'm. I would like to find a sort of like cancer support group, but I'm just kind of struggling with finding one where people aren't like kind of mired down in the in the battle of it. You know, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I guess. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, my outlook on the future is always kind of, um, I don't like to plan for like 10 years out because it just seems so like, gosh, what if that's not attainable, you know? So I, I just try to plan in like two-year increments and then try to um, one thing, and I really don't tell my family this, but like if something was to happen, I don't want like loose ends to be like laying around, you know, so I always try to like leave things tidy or like, you know, like this is my passcode. If somebody ever, if something ever happens to me, this is where this is at. If something ever happens to me, you know, kind of thing. And, and so it's like being mindful of like, you know, knowing that it could, that it could happen, you know, but also trying to not like dwell on that, I guess is kind of where I'm at with that. Um, and then doing the thing of like, not doing, not taking the advice of doctors necessarily, because I mean, nobody knows, you know, what's going to happen. Um, and of course, like everybody was like, you need to get the 
COVID-19 vaccine and my whole family was concerned about it and stuff. And I just really didn't feel like it was a good idea because I just hadn't been out long enough. And the thing that scared me the worst about it is that they thought that it like wears down your immune system and that they said that like people like cancers could be, could come back. Like, I think it's like, there's like a, in the military, there's a 500% uptick in cancers in the um, military members that they studied in like a year of them being on the vaccine. So I just wanted to get some more information on that before I made a decision. Um, I guess I, I would say I'm a lot more choosier with what I will allow in my body and and than I was before. Um, at first, since the diagnosis was so kind of like, they didn't know if I, I mean, they didn't say like, you only have so much, so many months, they just left everything like open-ended. You just, you know, had to make sure that things were kind of tied up, but the same time they would be positive. Like every doctor's appointment, every chemotherapy, every radiation treatment, every like infusion, you would just be like a step closer and you'd get like more answers of like, oh, well this looks good. Okay, well now we can go on to the next phase. Now we can go on to the next phase, you know? And you just take it little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, but you know, it's like the first, say the first month is like the worst, the not knowing. We checked to see if I had um, if I had life insurance and stuff. You know, we had no idea if I would make it. You know, so it was. Um, my kids were 14 and 16. I mean, I'm sorry, four and six. <laughs> um, they were little. Yeah. So and now they're 15 and 17. So they don't really remember it. You know as much and we tried to shield them from it you know and tried to do everything kind of like normal as we could um seems like a long time ago now I mean it kind of is but it was like you know I lost all my hair and you know lost body parts both breasts and you know I wasn't eligible for reconstruction and stuff and it's um you know, like these are prosthetics, <laughs> you know, um, but I don't know. I think kind of hitting the 10 year mark and kind of getting over the whole COVID thing too. There's been a part of me that thinks that like, maybe I do have more of a say to how long I'm going to live then I think, you know, maybe we have more say than, you know, and I don't know what that is. I mean, I don't know why did I respond well to the treatment, you know, compared to why other people didn't, you know, especially people that I knew, you know, that I'm not sure, you know, I don't think there was, you know, I don't, was there something in my soul that just was like, I need to get through this, I need to get through this, you know? But I can't imagine, like, those friends that I made, They, it's not that they weren't tough people that, you know, didn't make it through. Um, 
but I guess I'm trying now to kind of just try to get myself a little bit more comfortable with the idea that if I, I you know, because I would, I think I would like to live until I'm probably like in my 80s, early 90s. That's just kind of the benchmark I've always kind of had. So now I'm trying to tell myself that like, no, I am going to live that long and this is how I'm going to do it and, you know, try to... be as healthy as I can I suppose do you ever retrospectively have has anything sort of come as insight as um, and, and pardon me if this is a terrible question to you just just retrospective insight of, well, of did I do anything to or, or, cause it yeah. yeah yeah I think about that all the time stuff especially <laughs> it's funny I think about it <laughs> more often lately um there's a friend of mine I went to high school with on Facebook and he like his friends are dying like left and right I swear it's like every we're the same age and so I kind of know some of his friends but he went to like some different schools in different parts of town and and stuff in the Seattle area and and he was just like a really hard living kind of guy. He was like in a punk rock band and all these people were like former musicians and stuff like that. And and he's always so shocked when they die. And it seems like there's a new one every week. I mean, you know, and, and I'm thinking, well, God, you know, you guys all lived like really hard. You partied really hard for a lot of years. You smoked for a lot of years. You did a lot of drugs. <laughs> so like you know you can't be surprised <laughs> what you can do now is you can stop smoking and you know try to this is what I'm thinking you know reading this guy he's always kind of shocked when people die and then I look back on it I'm like god dang I was one of those idiots too <laughs> you know I mean I was out there like 14 smoking Marlboro lights and you know just doing kind of stupid stuff and didn't of course think that you know, it always seems like it's like, you know, like, oh, that'll never happen to me. You know, I mean, I've been totally healthy. Never, like, really had anything wrong, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think about, like, was it, like, you know, I, I smoked for, like, almost a decade, you know, like, into my teens, quit in my mid-20s. Um, you know, like, a little bit of drugs, nothing, like, really big you know was it that was it the area that we lived in I mean I lived in Washington Seattle area and there's a lot of cancer up there a lot and that's the thing that's so weird it's like living in Montana now I don't know anybody out here with cancer I mean it, it happens you know there's some people that we've heard of but I mean it was like in our family it was in our workplace it was people we went to school with it was you know like kids my kids their parents other kids like their friends parents at school you know I mean so much more cancer up there it was crazy and it was they had all these cancer centers there it's so weird it was like they had one like five minutes away from our house and it was like brand new sparkling beautiful building they spend so much money into the whole cancer care thing you know it's like the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance UW medicine and just all this stuff it's um it's a big money thing and it makes you wonder if it's in the environment makes you wonder you know 
had these commercials that they'd say like it was like dirtalert.com you know there's like so like arsenic and stuff in the dirt and if you were questioning whether your dirt on your property might be linked you know like looking dirtalert.com or something I remember that and the other thing that was weird is that there was a, a street that I lived on and there was four houses and so the three houses right next to each other three of us ladies we all got diagnosed with her two positive breast cancer within two years but the county and the city and the state whatever didn't they that didn't qualify as a cluster yeah. mine was more aggressive had harder treatment but we all had it you know what? yeah hmm. and we hadn't lived there that long I mean we lived there for like 10 years, you know. Hmm. So, kind of wonder about that. Genetic, you know, I don't know. Was it also like, was it anxiety? Just, you know, years and years of anxiety, you know? Did they say you don't know, like, worrying yourself sick? I don't know. Maybe I did that. I mean, my youngest daughter, she has a muscle disorder. And so she's, you know, she's like physically disabled. Um, and early on in her life, you know, she had a lot of medical equipment. She had a tracheostomy, she had a feeding tube. I notice now like other mothers of like medically complex kids, I've seen more than a few of these mothers end up getting cancer. And it's like, you know, is it, did that have something to do with it? Was the emotional toll having like a medically complex child, you know? I mean, I can't, how many times we thought that she was, you know, like dying. There's so many. I mean, she used to, her heart rate used to just go down, down, down and stuff. That was like a whole nother you know, like traumatic period of time and stuff. So she had just gotten to the point where at four years old, we could breathe and she was doing really well. And we had her in like, we just put her into the like preschool program. And, and it was the first time I had had like two hours a day to myself, you know, in, in, in years and stuff without like, Anything. I was like, God, what am I going to do? And I got diagnosed with cancer four weeks after she went into that preschool program. <laughs> so it was like, you know, the, the whole time it was just, then it was like, it was good that she was in the preschool program. My other, my older daughter was in kindergarten because then, you know, while they were at school, I'd go get cancer treatment and then you can pick them up. And it was just a crazy time period. So that went on for like two years and But yeah, I don't know the causes. They, uh, we don't really know. They did, I've done some interviews with the state of Washington, you know, for like research and stuff. And like, was it hormone, like hormone use? Um, could have been like a link to that, you know? So. It's hard to say causes when, mm -hmm. what is the, um, I think it's something like one out of two women or one out of three I get think, cancer. 
yeah I think it's now yeah and the fact they would advertise it all the time in Seattle like one out of three or you know one out of three females are going to have you know cancer diagnosis in their lifetime and I think it's like one out of two males stuff I mean it just seemed like it was such a weird thing that they would always like be advertising for uh cancer centers in Washington and then it's like out here it's like they don't do that I mean why is that you know kind of like it's just a bizarre thing it's okay they've really ignored a part of them about me uh for gosh and also just for listeners out there one thing I say about cancer too sometimes that I heard from a doctor years ago is that it's it's a bit of a frustrating name because we apply this label to something that is actually thousands and Mm -hmm. thousands of different uh diseases and symptoms yeah and so it's it's it it almost confuses the whole thing to just put this like label on something that's quite a myriad of different diseases Mm -hmm. yes and so that's why i i kind of don't like the frequent testing thing I mean for a while I used to be like every three months you know they do a scan then it was like every six months and then it was every year and now I'm I actually don't have an oncologist right now which is like huge <laughs> you know it's kind of like finally like let go from oncology for a while this so happens my oncologist moved on and so I'm in between them right now I was in um Uh, oh gosh, it's not um, hospice, but what's the care thing? Um, oh, it starts with a P. I can't remember. See, also, I, I lose words. That's um, kind of like my leftover chemo ring kind of thing. I'm not quite sure. I'm going to say, um, okay, so it's, it was the kind of care I was receiving for, I would go, I'd see the, I go to oncology once a month, and that just stopped um, at the beginning of 2022, 2021, actually. Um, I'm going to think of that word. It's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, pal- palliative? Pal- palliative care, care. yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I was part of, like, oncology palliative care. I saw them monthly until 2021, so it's like I've been released from that, and so that's nice. So now um, I don't, I'm not really like in the whole, you know, kind of cancer world anymore. It's kind of nice being that way. And it's sometimes I think too, it's like if they go to all this trouble to search for it, then I think sometimes they're going to find it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I kind of am to the point where it's like nothing hurts, you know. If something hurts for more than a day or a week, then you know that maybe you should get it checked out, you know. But yeah. it's besides normal aches and pains just the anxiety and stress alone of going and the constant Mm -hmm. almost reminder would seem kind of like a drip 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 of yeah of more more of the same of the of all the things that cause the feeling of unwellness then yeah um what about some of the um what are some of the light those moments of light in the darkness throughout the struggle that helped you uh then and what ones may 
still be in your life now? What are what are sort of the lights in the darkness or the little mantras mm. or might have been something small or something big? What are those? Being outside, um, I guess, uh, sort of like anything that gives like life force energy. So it was, I was diagnosed on Valentine's Day and you know, so it's, it was winter, it was dark, it was rainy, it was gray, it's like everything was dying. Huh. <laughs> My hair fell out and, it was, and it, you know, chemotherapy, they start with the hardest first. And, um, and when I had it was dose dense, so it was like more treatment, more of it, closer together. So it just, I felt like I was dying. I mean, I felt it's, and you are you know they're killing your cells they're killing your life force and so during that time it was just really like things that would really attract me would be like grass trees you know animals and babies like I just could not get enough <laughs> like kittens and babies like pictures of them I would just be like oh yeah I don't know why I was just like really you know like new life was fascinated by it I was fascinated by it and also with the one thought is that I just wanted to feel the sun on the back of my neck you know I don't know why but I just wanted to feel that feeling again and and so I kind of told myself like if if you know I make it to that time period where I feel the sun on the back of my neck and just kind of embrace those things of new life like kids and you know animals and and life and people then I think I'll be okay and I did and so you know it's like I wanted to go I kind of also set the goal of like if if we make it all through this treatment you know like that we were going to go to Hawaii and I had I took my in-laws with me because they had helped uh helped us with our girls and stuff when I was in treatment and said okay you know it's like when we get through this then we're all going to Hawaii so we did that stuff and that was 10 years ago and so now like little treatment like little things that remind me um of that time getting through treatment going on trips like we just went to Florida we were in Key West in the Keys they're really nice and it reminded me of that whole Hawaii trip and just Kind of being like um, surviving it, you know, and being kind of like a step ahead, I guess. You know, it's like it's kind of like in a good place, you know. So I guess I try to go for those kinds of experience mm. experiences, and I did get kittens for my birthday that year, <laughs> and so now we have so now we have three cats and dog. <laughs> So no more pets. That's what it's like. That's enough. (laughs) It's like you made it. (laughs) Yeah. Any uh, any questions that come to mind? Just that, um, or any branch to go down of anything that I'm not asking or. Oh. I don't know, except I'll tell you, everything that they recommended for COVID, 
was so like antithetical to what common sense and surviving said you know like like during cancer treatment it's like the worst thing you could do was breathe in your own <laughs> like not get oxygen I mean that's like everybody needs that you know to not see your loved ones that's crazy I to like wall yourself away from people it's this I just made zero sense you know I mean that was the best thing for me every time I felt sick it was the best thing was to just like get together with loved ones go outside look at other people and get the focus off myself you know the last thing to like not breathe fresh air to not um like you know embrace your loved ones um you know all that seemed like so kind of applied that I was like there's no way I'm gonna do these things I mean it's just you're killing yourself that's how everybody is you know by doing those things so it just seemed like the stupidest kind of thing to do you know yeah I agree with that yeah. through and through um, with some of when you mentioned the two-year increment so it's 2022 um, mm -hmm. Is there sort of a little bit of insight you can give listeners into just some of the, just maybe this next two years, some of the things that kind of feel uh, prominent as for either little goals or dreams or? Mm. Yeah, I want to, I have, so this year for 2022, the goal for the first part of the year, the first half, I would say, was we had three trips. And so it was like, you know, going on those trips and participating and, you know, exp getting out and experiencing um, everything. I, I did really good on that. Um, I'm happy with my energy output because I've have a lot I have better energy I've been kind of pushing myself this year um what I would like to do for the rest of 22 is I have some projects at home and then for 2023 I would like to well I, I want to I've taught me how to climb and so we have a climbing gym here in Billings and I'd like to do that I thought it was a great way to get in shape um I have a thing I think if I do it three times a week I would be like Wonder Woman or something <laughs> I, don't know. I would I be agree. like really like <laughs> buff and stuff um <laughs> so you know yeah um and now I you know I think kind of I I would say that the pandemic set me back I mean, I know it set, like, everybody back, but, I mean, what it did to me was, it like, that just going schedule and just, like, giving in to too many days of, like, oh, I don't feel good today, I need to rest, and, you know, and just having aimless days, you know, of, like, nothingness, that wasn't good for me, so I need to, like, get more of, like, a schedule and kind of get back into the whole thing again, so I'm kind of checking that whole, um, 
pandemic lifestyle thing. <laughs> the Netflix and chill thing is not good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've done enough of that. So, you know, um, that's it kind of. Um, also, oh, sometimes I'd say that like, I think my biggest thing is like, things used to not feel this way, but this is like the biggest takeaway from I don't know what it was like the damage that chemotherapy did and I think it's the chemo I don't know if it was necessarily it was the radiation if it was immunotherapy or what but it to me it feels like it was the chemotherapy in particular that is what damaged me kind of beyond repair I used to be like really super energetic and just do so much stuff and now it's like I really struggle so much to get like just kind of like the little things done in life, you know, um, I beat myself up quite a bit about it, but, um, where was I going with that? Well, it might've been part of the question <laughs> of just some of the next two years. Yeah. Or... Yeah. So, you know, um, trying to rebuild kind of my, I guess my, insides in a sense to get rid of that feeling of just ick that I have left over from chemotherapy this is a really like it's like a really weird chemically bizarre feeling that I've always had that's like stayed with me it just didn't like go away like every chemotherapy treatment it would like you'd feel like just horrible mm. but it would go away you know, and then feel good again. And then slowly it just all kind of accumulated. And then it was like, oh shit, now this isn't going away. And this kind of happened. So then during the pandemic, I kind of went back into that like shell of like, oh, I'm just going to hang out and not do anything. So it feels, okay, this is what it was. So it feels like ever since I've had that feeling of like, ick, it's like, it's almost like jumping into like a freezing cold lake you know where it's like it just hurts when you first do it but once you do it and you get out of it you're like oh that wasn't so bad but you know you're gonna like you know you know you're set up for like a lot of pain and a lot of like oh just bracing so I have to kind of do that to myself like every day I have to like get up and you know it's like I know this is gonna hurt and doesn't feel good and oh I hate it for like the first you know half hour or so but at least I get up and go and try, you know, that's the best thing because I can always stop, you know, that's the best thing too. It's like, I can just like, if I get into it, it's like, it's just not working today. I'm, I can't do this. I don't have to do it, but at least I got up so much, you know, so I think that's kind of the key to moving forward in the next, in the next year period of time. Jennifer had mentioned uh, climbing. So I, I'm, I'd say my whole life, adult life these days, I run more on, on just insight and gut than anything rational. So mm-hmm. um, my intuition or gut kept nagging me to, um, one, come to Billings, meet Jennifer in person, and there, I knew there was a climbing gym here. I'm, I'm obsessed with climbing, and I'm not a professional rock climber, but I'm obsessed with it where I probably talk about it way too much. But when Jennifer mentioned ick, It gives me chills because the ick Mm -hmm. is something that I've heard so many climbers talk about. Mm. And within, I'm going to just paint a little picture of climbing for me. Um, Climbing for me, I can't stand the term mental health. 
but I don't know what else to call it. Um, climbing for me became my sanity or my mental health. But the reason it was my mental health was because of that feeling, that physical feeling of ick. Mm -hmm. And I've heard so many climbers talk about uh, coming into the gym. The gym is just really easy access. It's easy to go to the gym and climb. You come into the gym, maybe after three climbs, the feeling of ick is gone. And we talk, we joke about getting the ick out on the wall. Mm. Like, like, ah, I got it. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. a climber will come in and you can tell they're not doing so well. And they might just brush you off and be like, I got to just get the ick out, you know? And I would notice again and again after maybe two, three or four climbs, generally three climbs, up, down, up, down, the ick, the feeling of the ick is gone. And sometimes that, that comes with tears. Sometimes it just comes with uh, just that feeling that's hard to describe where it's just this mucky ickiness. And when lockdown happened, the gym closed, all gyms closed. And the climbing gym mm -hmm. I used to go to had already been closed for a year and a half prior to lockdown and it had barely just opened because it was going through renovations. So when it closed down again, it wasn't just me and my sense of wanting to get my ick out on the wall, but it was just a something that basically sent me into a, a big uh, version of the one thing flight of the flight fight freeze is that I just had to get out and find a way to get my ick out somewhere else. So at that time, I just jumped on a motorcycle and went and camped for months up in Colorado, but I haven't really come back mm -hmm. into quote unquote society since partly just because of that ick and it's mm -hmm. like it's like I still don't really have that outlet because it's not just the gym it's the community and then the last thing I want to say before I talk too much is I tried to apply like the 80-20 rule because you were talking about being outside so the gym to me was like a laboratory where then I could every now and then 20% of the time go outside and climb with friends which is a whole other animal it, te it teaches so many other things than the than that laboratory mm -hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, so Jennifer really motivated me to come here to try to plant a seed to <laughs> just be like, climb, climb, climb. So, and I, we did, we went and it was really cool. There is when, one of the cool things was being up high and then kind of swinging a little bit, you know, that was really neat. Um, I yeah, barely got I, to teach Jenner anything because we went right when the gym was closing and there's all sorts of things that I'm like, gosh, like I didn't even teach you anything, really. Uh, I just like clipped you in and <laughs> sent you on your way. But I was thinking when you were first being belayed, like uh, Jennifer, like one thing I would, I, I would like, oh, I didn't even say like what I should have said is sit down in your harness and grab the rope. Mm -hmm. I just was like, sit down in your harness. So you sat down. <laughs> You know, I sat all the way down. Yeah, if you grab the rope, it'll be a little more like instead of just. <laughs> yeah, it was like that. The, what are they? This uh, like Superman a, yeah. or whatever thing. <laughs> kind but, of like a spider. Or yeah, Which it, it works felt really too. good though. I it's kind of that. yeah. It's like doing. Um, what do they call it? Where you uh, you go on the the rope swing? No. Um, oh yeah, those um like slide for life things. Um, um, or swing set or no you, you hook yourself and in, in yeah we used to call them a slide for life but what are they called there's another name for them and it's really popular right now yeah I, I, another thing it's I like a of. cable that goes across yeah. a canyon that you yeah it kind of feels a little bit like that and that's really cool it is similar um, to that. but yeah the feeling of that um 
you know, I felt like I had like ran a marathon afterwards. I felt really good. <laughs> so it, I think it, uh, it's, it's good because it does, it like, you're incorporating all your muscles that you're working out. You don't realize that you are, you know, and it's kind of like your own pace. You go at your own pace and what you can do and then you climb down, you know, okay, that was my body. Let me do that. And that's good. And you can build up to longer and and stuff so I think it'll be a good thing um also my youngest daughter is interested in trying it so I'd like to take her and it would it would be a good thing for her for both of us to do together um maybe she could make friends I could make friends too you know um I'm not that much of an outdoor enthusiast even even though like I said like get outside it's more like get outside and breathe the fresh air not like um you know, I can't like run anymore and stuff like that. I used to like to do that, but as far as know. climbing outdoors, I'm a t I'm not a pro climber, but oftentimes I realize that um, a lot of climbers will hike not too far, but then mm -hmm. they're at the base of a cliff, and then it's like this fun little community thing where even if you're not climbing, you're just like lounging at the base of a cliff with a handful of friends and. Mm -hmm. So that that kind of also sometimes like I remember talking to a pro climber once and I was asking him about his life and climbing. His name's Adrian Montano, Montano Mountain, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh -huh. name for a climber. So he said, interestingly, climbing isn't fun. Mm -hmm. The better you get at it because <laughs> it gets harder and harder. Mm -hmm. And he said he doesn't actually enjoy climbing outside at all. Mm hmm. But he says the part of it that he enjoys is the drive there and back where he's sharing a bag of chips with a friend or something. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. was like, that that was such a cool thing to have him say. And that that was really what got me going outside regularly because I was like, it's hard to climb outside and it's different. Yeah. You know? And there's all sorts of other, other factors, bees and snakes and, yeah. you know. But yeah. it's that drive there and back that was I realized was the most fun. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and there's so many things to do here, too, and, you know, like skiing and hiking and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, the truth is, though, it's like we just don't, you know, the time marches on. But it is nice because that the gym, the climbing gym here is pretty close to my house. And it really is something, too, that I noticed that it's like you could just like walk in wearing like a T-shirt and whatever and just get there and climb. You don't need to like put on your running shoes you don't need to like you know get all this equipment i mean well you there i so often go in jeans or whatever i'm wearing yeah that day. you could just exactly you could yeah. like wear the clothes that you're in you could do that and it's not like it's aerobic necessarily right you know so that to me seemed kind of easy it was like well you know i could do this like and then just what you know, like go shopping afterwards or you know whatever stuff yep. it wouldn't be that big of a deal you know, and it, it didn't seem like it really takes that much time, you know. Um, but, you know, you're working on those kind of muscles, like lifting yourself up and moving around and stuff. It just... Yeah, when you were talking about you know, some of, like, um, you said some things that reminded me of... I always wanted to build a sauna. And partly mm -hmm. why I wanted to build a sauna was to provide community health care. Mm -hmm. uh, and... When I was building that sauna, I did 99% of it by myself. And a lot of it was a lot of heavy lifting and being on ladders and, you know, being up on a mm -hmm. roof. And it, it took me nine months. And the whole time I was doing it, you know, 
I don't remember how many years prior, but years prior I was paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And I was building it in a location where I had spent two years of being paralyzed. And the whole time I was carrying lumber from the truck and it just always was this, it was always this gratefulness for what climbing was to me because I, I had a type of strength from, it's different than weightlifting, it's different than yoga. It's like a true core. Mm -hmm. People confuse core strength as like stomach muscles. Mm -hmm core is more like all of the fascia that's close to your bones mm -hmm. so it, it's something about this like this like lean uh skeletal leanness that mm -hmm. maybe farmers have mm -hmm. and as as yeah. i was building that sauna the whole nine months i remember just feeling so strong and in disbelief that the same guy building that was the same guy that wasn't able to walk years before yeah yeah. yeah it's amazing yeah. yeah i yeah i don't know there's something kind of magical about that and then the feeling afterwards too of like you just feel kind of solid or like everything was engaged mm -hmm. you know it was the quickest way that i've ever really felt that everything engaged all at the same time in like the shortest amount of time mm -hmm. you know um and like i said easiest thing to you know if you had your equipment with you you could just like go in go do this and then go back on your way that's what I meant where it's like so simple and stuff so yeah I'm, I'm definitely interested in it you know it's like my time schedule you know like normal people <laughs> normal people <laughs> typically I should say <laughs> people <laughs> I just put myself in a different category <laughs> uh, people you know they'll like learn something and like they'll start it that month or you know in the next two weeks I might you know have something I'll go okay well I'll I'll start that in the next three months or, you know, kind of go back and finish these things. So I, I feel like I run like a record player, like I run at like 33 RPM, like most people are at like 45 and then is it 77? 77 are like kids, <laughs> you know, with like all their energy are just like, you know. I myself am slow like an ox, so I, yeah. li I like the slow pace. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, you guys, the sun is reaching the blazing point. Mm -hmm. uh, Jennifer and I are about to be in the blazing sun. Do you want to say any closing words? Um, yeah, I feel like I had some better stuff to say that, that it's like gone now, you mm -hmm. know? But I was going to say, I think, you know, I made a lot of really like good health, like advancements in my own health in the last year, like working with you different things like breathing I did some like breathing exercises and like basic yoga stuff um some certain supplements like the calm the magnesium um vitamin d um you know getting off medications I'd say like any kind of you know we talked about this briefly um they're always so quick to try to give you like antidepressants or anti-convulsants or anti-seizure medication or anti-whatever to like take care of like what ails you and they're like very heavy heavy drugs and so you know I tried those and stuff just because it was like that was a way also to take care of chronic pain which I have from the nerve damage um from the chemotherapy but um in the long term, that wasn't the way to go. So I guess my recommendation um, be to maybe think really hard and fast before you get on those kind of medications. Um, 
So, um, getting off of this antidepressant was like a really hard thing to do. And they prescribed it to me for nerve pain. And I can't, it put me, it like, it set me back for like two years. I mean, it kind of like warped my mind and everything it felt like. And so it's been kind of like a weird fog kind of coming, you know, it feels like a fog has lifted coming out of that. Um, you know, um, having the world be open again, that's been a good thing. Um, I don't think, uh, like this, the kind of advice thing would be like, just like never again, never again, never go back, like never do that. You know, I mean, I just don't think like society as a whole should ever do that like close gyms close you know everything that's good for people <laughs> that's just the stupidest thing you know so that's my only advice but that's kind of what we've been working on this year and it's been really good one thing i wanted to say is that you said if you climbed three days a week you would be wonder woman and i'm not saying this with flattery you mm-hmm. already are wonder woman uh, and <laughs> i there are people in my life that give me inspiration and you're one of them where it's oh. just the chicken skin chills uh and I feel really grateful to have that. Uh, it's like a, it's like a gift. It's like someone else giving you inspiration and energy, and boom, here. And and uh, that is amazing. And uh, you know, even being here in Montana and Billings, it's it's a far journey to kind of leisurely drive a bus mm-hmm. from the southwest over to Oregon and I was there for months and then I've mm-hmm. been up here for I don't know a month or so mm-hmm. or weeks definitely but um, but you already are Wonder Woman oh, and <laughs> uh, I am just so uh, amazed at, at uh, your your persona you know your 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 personality and your character and and just uh, the thing that's hard to put into words sometimes it sounds so cliche because it's you know in yoga it's like namaste it's like mm-hmm. the, the light inside me bows to the light yeah. inside you but sometimes in our life we have this grace of meeting people that the light that emanates from a person is is the inspiration and so i i just really feel fortunate to uh to be with wonder woman and yeah. uh yeah and, and i feel very lucky that you came all the way out here got to meet you in real like face to face you know um yeah you have a lot of good solid advice like health advice I mean I don't even know if it's advice but what you know just living just the example that you live by you know kind of um so one thing that when I when I first found you online it was this is funny, but it was just you were the only person I'd ever seen. You had taken a video of yourself walking along and ripping the signs off that, like the masking signs <laughs> and the six feet apart and the COVID signs that they're, they're just stupid peel on <laughs> stickers that they put everywhere. And you're like, and you're smiling, and you're smiling. And I'm like, yeah, why doesn't everybody do that? Why are we all going along with this? <laughs> And, you know, if it was, like, more people, <laughs> if we all did that, if we all remembered our humanity, you know, for one another, instead of, like, being at each other's throats, I think that, like, people would do a whole lot better. You know, we could all get over this, I think, instead of, you know, 
and we're lucky here because it's not um, in Montana it's really not that much of a thing but it still is in uh, other parts of the United States where people are masked up and vaccinated and pushing them on other people and you don't have to do it out here so that's another thing that's good about Montana true you know but in Washington DC there you can't go to school unless you're vaccinated for public school kids well yeah and here we don't have to do that so that's that yeah that's all I can think of right now thank you Jennifer wool hey guys it was awesome thanks for listening and if you need to reach out and find out more, uh, you can email me at uh, Patreon. How do you say this? Uh, not Patreon. Uh, Proton. Three things at protonmail.com. Three things is spelled out T H R E E T H I N G S. Three things at protonmail.com or join the Patreon at patreon.com slash crackedliberty. Look forward to sharing more. We'll talk soon. Bye.